Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am now about to speak to Christine Johnson. She is the anchor on CBS TV, 5 p.m. and 11 p.m. every day. Her co-anchor is Maurice Dubois, and she is a pistol, and I love her. Christine Johnson. Okay, so Christine Johnson, who you see every night on CBS. First of all, is it true that you were born in the Philippines? I was, yeah, a bit of trivia. So my mother is Filipino. She was born and raised in the Philippines, and she met my father when he was um, serving for the Air Force, and he was stationed at Clark Air Force Base on the island of Luzon. So they met, and I was actually married, or I'm sorry, excuse me, born on the Air Force Base. So I am a naturalized citizen, but if I remember correctly, I don't think I could ever run for president because I wasn't born on American soil. <laughs> Too bad about you, yeah. Have you been back to the Philippines? My father was stationed there again when I was younger. I believe we moved back, to, if, I, if I remember correctly, when I was six, and we spent about four years there. I have not been back since, but it's on my bucket list. So how did you actually get from the Philippines to America? I mean, you're such a hotshot now on CBS. How did you actually get here and get so important? What happened? Well, I worked hard, first and foremost. Um, but my father, you know, he's an American, and we lived the, you know, military family lifestyle throughout my adolescence. So from the time that I was born until the time I graduated from high school, I moved around quite a bit every three to four years. I lived in the United States, I lived in Europe, I lived in Asia. And when it was time for me to go to college, I was in Texas when I graduated high school. And I decided to go, of all places, to the Midwest, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I had some ties there. My two of my older brothers went to school there. Um, we were stationed there at one point, so I still had some friends. And I went there, and that's where I caught the journalism bug. And um, it was a Dan Rather breaking news, interrupting program incident in my dorm room. And from there, I just worked my way up the ladder, so to speak. Okay, I, I got all that. But I don't understand the, the Dan Rather, whom I love dearly. You were watching him instead of studying? Is that it? Is that what you were doing, honey? <laughs> well, like, like any college student back in the day, I don't, I mean, maybe they're much more studious these days, but I had the TV on in the background while I was sitting in my dorm room getting ready for class and doing some last-minute studying. You know, and all of a sudden you hear, you know, that that familiar tone of somebody breaking into programming, and it was Dan Rather. And it was... Um, during um, the Middle East conflict and, you know, Operation Desert Shield turned into Operation Desert Storm and suddenly we're firing missiles, you know, across bodies of water and I was transfixed. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. 
Okay. I'm not sure how you got from college and a dorm and you got on to CBS, which is where you are now. What happened in the middle? So I got my first job in Providence, Rhode Island at a station called WPRI TV. It was channel 12, if you're looking for the dial number. And um, I started off as a part-time assignment editor. So I was responsible for answering the phones, making sure all of the facts, um, you know, messages were read and filed. I would have to listen to the scanners. And that's how I started in the business. Um, And then I started uh, writing. And when I um, was promoted to a writer, I had to run the prompter for the anchors. And this was before everything was computerized. I would literally have to put all of the scripts on a conveyor. Like It looked like basically a, a miniature conveyor belt. And there was a light bulb above it with a camera. And I would have to <laughs> manually put all these papers in the correct order, you know, and keep loading them on and making sure that the right, you know, um, pace was going for whomever the anchor was reading. Um, and if there were corrections, I'd have to manually write them down on the script. I mean, this was so, <laughs> when I look back at it. I kind of laugh, but yeah, that's what I was doing. And I was, you know, getting, getting coffee and doing errands. Speaking of coffee, I've Mm -hmm. been on television a thousand years long before they even had sets. So I acted on TV and I know what it's like to have a cup of coffee schlump on me while I'm on the air. (laughs) Does this never happen to you when you're sitting there looking so classy on television? (laughs) Of course, accidents happen. More often than not, it's makeup. Um, You know, you'll get a smudge of lipstick or powder or something. But, um, yeah, of course. And you learn little tricks of the trade. You know, you make sure that you have a straw because the likelihood of of spilling something when you're drinking through a straw is less likely. But um, it's never happened where it's really noticeable to me, thankfully, after all these years I've been on the air. Um, But, yeah, just the other day, actually, I I must have spilled something because I wasn't drinking out of a straw. And I noticed at the end of the broadcast and I looked at my co-anchor and I'm like thanks for telling me I had a big spot on my dress (laughs) (laughs) okay okay there's another thing that used to happen to me either I get fat or I get thin or something and the schlumpy thing that I was wearing the schmata was either too big or too Mm. tight and I had to put a um, paper clip on the back or, Mm or a diaper pin what about that you girls always look so neat you can't be that neat all the time of course not well, well, what happens? What happens to you? Well, you get dolled up. I mean, it's funny. You know, Cindy, a lot of times when I'm out on the streets, I don't get recognized. I, there are times that I'm walking down the hall in my own, you know, the broadcast center, and my boss doesn't know who I am before I get made up. I'm not oh kidding. Oh, my I'm God. I'm not kidding. How bad um, can you look? I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know if I look bad, but I just look different. Um, So, yeah, you get all dolled up. You know, you get your hair done, you get your makeup done, you get these clothes that personally I feel are way too tight. They're not the type of clothing that I wear, you know, when I'm not on the air. Um, Because, you know, when you wear loose clothing, unfortunately, the camera ads can 
definitely add weight. But um, you pin and you tuck and you use wardrobe tape and you, you I don't know what, what the proper name of those little clips are, but every office has them. They're black with the yeah, yeah. two little, you know, prongy things on them. But yeah, they're all, sometimes they're, if you turn me around on the camera, you'll see them clipped all down my back <laughs> just so that the, the wardrobe will fit properly. So are you supplied by, with, with schmatzes to wear? You're not wearing your own clothes? Oh, no, I wear my own clothes. I shop for myself. I've been doing this for so long. I kind of have, you know, I know what what silhouettes look best on me. I try not to overthink it. I don't try to do, like, really, you know, trendy things. I don't do, you know, that one shoulder on and one shoulder off thing. I, I find that if it's just less distracting, um, the better. Because then you're not, you know, my, my job is to tell stories. My job is to report the news. I'm not a fashion model. Um, so I try to look as plain as possible with my wardrobe so that it's not, um, you know, t- grabbing all the attention. You know, when I've been on, on television, I have noticed that there are names that are mispronounced. I have mm. been, I have lived in Kabul. I have been, I have lived in Iran. I have been all over these places. I lived in the Far East. How about people who are mispronouncing and how do you learn how to pronounce words? Well, I do my best to try to, If you know, we read scripts before we go on the air. I'm not going to lie. I have mispronounced names of towns and things like that, um, counties. Um, but I always do try my best. If I do have a question on how to pronounce a certain street or something like that, um, I will ask somebody, I, you know, in the newsroom that will know, or I'll actually call like the main number of a town, you know, and that you usually get the the messenger machine, and that's a great way to figure out the correct. Pr- the correct pronunciation for some of these places, but it does, it is one of my pet peeves. It definitely is. Um, and you live and learn, you know, we're human and I'm not, I'm going to make mistakes, but you learn from them and you hopefully never make it again. Okay. You certainly don't say Kabul. I'm sure. No, I'm sure I don't No, Kabul. And then I say Moscow and I say Houston. I don't say Houston. I say Houston. I even say Worcester from Massachusetts. You know, you, you get and Iran. Them. They say Iran instead no, of Iran. No, no, no. Iran. Iran. Yeah. Definitely okay. Iran. Okay, okay. So I have to ask you because I don't understand why a slip of a girl like you, nice mm-hmm. and thin, why you are schlepping around running in marathons. <laughs> Well, I'm not as thin as I used to be. You know, COVID hit me too. So I'm still working on that. Um, But, you know, the first time I did it, I just wanted to see if I could do it. Um, My problem was I overtrained and I was inexperienced. And this really, there really is a method to running a marathon. And I went in there thinking, oh, just because I'm fit, I can do this. Wrong. Big mistake. So the second time I did it, it was to prove that I could do it better than the first time. <laughs> and um, it, my experience was much better. The third time I did it, it was, um, you know, after we lived through COVID for two years, I was turning 50 and I just really needed something outside of my work life um, to distract me. 
And so I did it for my mental health. I also did it because, like I said, I was turning 15. And again, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do this. And um, it was nice because we worked all through COVID, just like all the first responders did. We're, we're, We are not considered first responders, people in the press. But if you look at what we've been through here in the city, you know, the tri-state, the country, you wouldn't have been able to learn what all of our first responders experienced unless it was for us. We were, pe- we were the people delivering those stories to you. Um, so we were experiencing all of that firsthand, and we were working throughout the pandemic just like they were. So mentally, it breaks you down. It really does. Yeah. And not only are you dealing with a pandemic, you're dealing with all the political turmoil, you're dealing with the food insecurity, you know, everything that's going around. And I really wanted to step foot in all the five boroughs. I wanted to make eye contact with people that live there. And I wanted to just, you know, see positivity. And um, it worked. It, it was kind of a cleansing moment for me. I've listened to the whole thing. I'm not running in any marathon, and I've listened to your story, and now I've had enough of you and the marathon. Okay. I'm going to to listen to you and watch you and love you, and we got to have a cup of coffee together. Well, I want Prosecco, (laughs) because I want to hear some dirt, Cindy. I want to hear about the good old days. Okay, babe. Okay, sweetie. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll watch you on the air Monday. Thank you, honey. Thanks for having me. I love you. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.